In today's episode, my guest Hunter Weck and I, in honor of the upcoming election, explore the epic science fiction comedy Idiocracy, starring Luke Wilson, Maya Rudolph, and Terry Crews. What an insane movie this was. But before we get into that, my local business spotlight this week is Batiste's Salon and Spa. Located at 2575 Charlie Avenue, Batiste's has a great old school style barbershop, which I first found almost 10 years ago. Giving great service and straight razor fades, Joey and the guys make you feel like a member of the family. I bought my wife a spa treatment one year for Valentine's Day, and she loved it so much that I'm still cashing in on the residual brownie points. Batiste's Salon and Spa, treat yourself. And now, on with the show. doing lord of the rings um what is your connection to that movie you're just a big a big tolkien fan uh, uh huge i've ever since like i maybe been like five or six years old i think i saw that movie i saw the return of the king in theaters too so i've been a huge fan for like a long time i don't know why that it dragged me in I've, i'm a huge fan of all those medieval stuff anyway oh absolutely me too. so there's that but I just thought, what a better, what a better thing right now. I think with, like, with what's going on in the world, with our president or with every politician, a politician, perfect movie to do. Right Absolutely. Now. So, so we switched to Idiocracy, um, released September first, two thousand six. Um, so the 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 story, this movie has got a really interesting story behind it in the sense that. Um, it's written, uh, both the screenplay and the script is written by a guy named Mike judge. Um, he is probably most famous for directing office space and a lot of the Beavis and Butthead stuff, um, which kind of plays into the whole idiocracy thing. I I'm a huge fan of office space. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Very funny, uh, very true to life. So he, he gets some permission from 20th Century Fox to make this movie, Idiocracy. He writes and directs, directs it. Um, he finishes the movie, presents it to 20th Century Fox. Uh, 20th Century Fox doesn't really know how to label this movie, how to market it, what it is. Um, they don't really appreciate it at all. So they essentially sit on it for about a year. It was originally slated to come out August 5th, 2005. It winds up getting pushed back until September 1st, 2006. At that point, uh, Fox is trying to recoup some of its money. Um, the movie costs anywhere between two and $4 million uh, as far as its budget goes, depending on what website you go to or look at. So they attempt to recoup some of its money and they uh, essentially release it real quietly. They don't do any marketing for it. Um, they don't even do like a screening for critics, which is usually a staple for, for movies like this, especially movies coming out from 20th Century Fox. Um, they release it to only a few uh, cities, um, the, the big ones, Los Angeles, Atlanta, Chicago, stuff like that. They expand it to um, from 130 theaters to 600 theaters, and, and then at that point, they basically bury it. Uh, it only makes about a half a million dollars at the box office, so it's a complete failure um, by all definitions of the word. And then this weird thing happens where they release it on DVD – 
and it starts slowly gaining this momentum or this cult following by people who really use it as a comparison for America and what's happening now. And, and I use the term now loosely because it can be, you know, anytime really people look at this movie and they say, man, that's not too far fetched. And it becomes kind of this ongoing, um, truth joke if you will what is what is your experience with the movie did you see it when it first came out uh i saw it uh maybe like two years after it came out um don't like you said i don't remember anything i don't remember seeing commercials for it when it came out uh maybe saw a commercial about it when it came out for dvd but i don't even think they do that they they don't i don't even think they really put movies out like commercials for dvd things so um I didn't see it until two years later. <clears throat> like, I watched it, and I was young. Like, at this time, maybe, like, 11. Definitely not a movie when I'm 11 years old <laughs> that I should be watching. But it was, I guess, like, a, not a life lesson. But, like, it shows you, like, what is going on and, like, what could really happen. Like, how everyone, every day, like, there's people that, I mean, I don't know physically, but I know, I've heard stories where these people eat McDonald's every single day. Yeah. Like, what do you, what do you need to do that for? It's, it's horrible. Just, and, and in the movie, start off, the guy, like, gets sent in and the guy's just on a couch that's a toilet and he's <laughs> there's so many advertisements around the screen and then there's just a small screen showing the sh like the show he's watching like it's just like i'm going on youtube and when i'm on youtube i'll watch a video and they'll have two ads and i'm like okay i i get it we're trying to make money and that's like the only way to make money is to do that but at the same time i think it's just like this huge monopoly or capitalism, as I could say, um, like just trying to show that – it's just showing that power is getting way, way, way worse. And it seems like companies are taking over power. And once that happens, like in the movie where they literally rely on Gatorade instead of water – that possibly in the future could happen like yeah i mean that's you hit the nail right on the head the, the, the this movie isn't so much about stupidity as much as it is about capitalism i mean so the premise behind the movie is pretty simple uh, it's you know smart people are taking their time reproducing they're they're checking all the boxes they're doing <laughs> their research they're waiting until they're financially able and meanwhile dumb people in the movie are are just re reproducing without any thought and they don't care and they're spawning all these kids and you you fast forward um i think it's like 500 years he he wakes up in in uh 2505 so 500 years in the future and evolution has caused us to become dumber because more dumb people are reproducing than smart people and be because of that, capitalism becomes such a main focus in this movie. I mean, you have the Costco, which is the size of a country. You have uh, Starbucks, which gives out hand jobs with their lattes. Um, you have, like you said, the ads around the TV. Uh, the people don't know how to speak, or like, I mean, they speak, but they're they're morons. They their their sentence structures are all stupid. And this guy is picked to do a military experiment 
because he is average. I mean, they go into great detail explaining up front that this is the most average person they could find. <laughs> but but fast forward 500 years in the future, and he's got the best IQ. He's got the highest IQ. Literally. Literally, the high, which is insane. Um, he's also sent into the future with a female uh, played by uh, Maya Rudolph. She's been in a lot of things. Uh, so the, the male is Luke Wilson. Who doesn't love a movie with Luke Wilson? I'm just going to say this right now. I literally, like, right before I came on here, I was talking to my friends, saying, like, I'm going on a podcast and everything like that. And they're like, oh, what are you going like, ask me about? And I was like, oh, Idiocracy. And they're like, oh, good movie. And they're like, yeah, Luke Wilson's in it and stuff like that. And then they're like, yeah. They told me that he's... Uh, Owen Wilson's brother, and I never knew that. Like, really? Never knew that. I oh just found God. that out ten minutes ago, right before I came on. I'm not kidding. So it's... Luke Wilson uh, has had a a very successful movie career, um, especially early on. Uh, he's actually got two brothers, uh, Owen Wilson and Andrew Wilson. I don't think Andrew is an actor, but yeah, they're they're very successful. Um, I would say that this is probably the start of the the reduction in his career 2005 ish um he was in a lot of high class movies before this not high class but high profile movies before this um by super ex-girlfriend uh the ridiculous six old school he's huge in old school bottle yeah. rockets stuff like that Royal, Royal tenenbaums is another big one um and right around this time 2005 his career starts to diminish a little bit uh and he's not nearly in as many big things anymore he was recently in a concussion where he plays um, the commissioner, Roger Goodell of the NFL, who doesn't love a good Roger Goodell, uh, Luke Wilson reference. Um, so, yeah, so he plays your normal guy that goes in the future. He goes in the future with Maya Rudolph and Maya Rudolph plays a prostitute that the U S army essentially hires. And they think, uh, I mean, everybody thinks they're, they're doing an experiment where they can be basically put in hibernation for a year to see the impact on the human body and uh, and so on and so forth. Well, for a variety of comical reasons, um, the people that are involved in the experiment or know about the experiment wind up disappearing and they're left in this cryostasis for 500 years. Well, <laughs> going back to it, <laughs> he didn't, they didn't disappear. <laughs> the one guy got caught because uh, Maya Rudolph, her pimp, got the guy who was like in charge of the whole thing into the pimp game. So then he had a prostitution <laughs> ring and then got caught up. So then they just canceled everything and they just totally demolished the whole project. And like, for some reason, I don't know how they have this huge military thing. They're spending millions of dollars on it and they just wipe it. And honestly, you could see that I could see the military just doing something, and if it doesn't work, they spent millions of dollars. Oh, okay, whatever. We got more money. Oh, yeah. It happens more often than you would think. <laughs> exactly. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, just, it's showing th subtle things that are true, but like no one really thinks that it's true. Right. So, so he wakes up 500 years in the future, and he wakes up because his pod slides through the window of Dax Shepard, who plays Frito from, um, from the, from the, the, the garbage avalanche of 2035, I think. I mean, 20, no, tw yeah, 2505. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So there's obviously garbage has built up um, across the country and it's created an avalanche because you have like the Mount Everest of garbage dumps. And this is ultimately where their pods have, have wound up is in the garbage heap. So the avalanche happens. He crashes through Frito's window and he wakes up and has no idea where he is. Um, attempts to communicate with Frito, who is a, a complete moron. Like you mentioned, he's watching TV. There's ads everywhere. His recliner is also a toilet. He's drinking through like a hose or some sort of tube. It's just, it's ridiculously over the top. I just, I really want to know what's first he's like eating in that tube. Like, like <laughs> I, I, you never see it, but I, it's got to be like Gatorade or some. And then, oh, are I, they I just don't want to speculate. It's gross. <laughs> like, imagine no water. Like, I can't even. Like I, my hands would be shaking. I, yeah. How's their blood blood sugar not through the roof or anything like that? Um, but I want to know what they're eating because he's eating a tube, uh, not not a tube, eating a tub of like it looks like cheese. Is it just a tub of cheese? <laughs> Probably. I mean that that would fit right into the lines of the movie for sure. So uh, Luke Wilson's character, his name is Joe. Joe wakes up. And immediately thinks, like, I should probably go to, like, a doctor or a hospital or something. And he goes to the hospital. And the hospital, again, run by morons. It's very uh, push-button type question-answered things. Uh, it's it's filthy. Everything is dirty because nobody's cleaning up after themselves. There's garbage everywhere. Um, and he has the, the classic scene where he's trying to get probes put on him so that he can they can figure out what's wrong <laughs> with him and diagnose him. And the guy's like, this one goes in your mouth. This one goes in your ear. This one goes in your butt. Wait, no, hang on. This is the butt one. This is the, it's just, it's really just gross. Um, he winds up seeing his doctor. His doctor's played by Justin Long. Uh, again, very well-known actor. He, he, this is at the early part of Justin Long's career. So he's just up and coming. He's only in the movie for a brief period of time. The, he, he runs out of the hospital having been told basically um, that he talks funny to everybody else and that people can't understand him because he's just too intelligent. Uh, but by leaving the hospital, he runs out on his medical bills, which causes him to be arrested or at least wanted by the cops uh, and then eventually arrested. But based on the tests that were run on him, they figure out that he is the smartest person alive and therefore must meet the president. The president, President uh, Camacho, is played by Terry Crews, very well-known actor, former NFL football player. Um, and Terry Crews says, "You're so smart. You've got to. You've got to be on my my team. You've got to be on my my security, my my secretary of of something. I think it makes him the secretary of uh, agriculture or something like that. I think it's a uh, interior or something. Oh yeah, secretary of the interior. Right. Yep." <laughs> And then he proceeds to give a press conference to the entire country and says, this guy is really smart and he's going to solve everything. All of our problems completely, he's going to solve them. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Joe gets in his head that we're in the future. There has to be a time machine. So he winds up bumping into Frito again. Frito is actually plays his lawyer. Um, who tries to get him out of jail, but doesn't try to get him out of jail. Actually, he actually gets jail. some more, more in jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he broke into my house. <laughs> you go, you're trying to defend me. <laughs> so so Frito, uh, he tells Frito, 
you know, there's got to be a time machine. Fritos like there is a time machine at that Costco, but it's going to cost you like a billion dollars to use it. Um, so it, Luke Wilson comes up with some story about how he'll go back in time and he'll put a um, savings account in Frito's name so that Frito will be rich in the future, which is actually not a bad idea. But in the process of going to Costco is when he gets arrested. He ends up because um, he has a, he's a, he escapes from like there, this movie is <laughs> so, so much. <laughs> there's so much going on in this movie. But anyway, long story short. The real issue that the country is facing is they cannot grow crops. None of the crops are growing. Therefore, everybody's going to starve eventually. And this is the the problem that Luke Wilson sets out to try to fix. He quickly realizes that they're not putting water on the crops. They're putting this energy drink. It, it's it's Gatorade, but they don't call it Gatorade. They call it something else because they probably couldn't call it Gatorade for licensing reasons. So at this point in the movie, where where are you? Like, are you on board with this, or have you written it off? I I'm on board. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, it's just oh, there's just so much that you could like continue to say. Like everyone's got tattoos. Uh, they have to have barcode tattoos. Uh, to oh like, yeah, the whole the whole barcode side story. <laughs> I forgot all about that. <laughs> He's trying to. He's trying to um, tell the computer's just not listening to him. Like the computer asks what his name is, and he says like not sure. What he's like trying to say something. He's like I'm not sure what's going on, but the computer asks him like what his name is in the middle of saying that. So his computer was like, "Your name is not sure," and he's like, "No, that's not my name." So he's trying to figure out his name, and he can't. He so then he figures it figures it out that. Uh, well, I mean, he doesn't fix his name, so his name becomes not sure. So yeah. everyone calls him not sure, and <laughs> he's getting asked a question. It was like, if you have the this is a when he became the smartest person alive. Um, he has the part where he gets asked a question. The question I remember it was like, if you have one bucket with three gallons and another bucket with six, how many buckets do you have? And it was like uh, two. He like went into the mic, and it's just. And he's looking over, and he's seeing these like people, these dumb. Uh, honestly, it is getting close to. Uh, it is getting really close to America uh, with how <laughs> dumb these people are because they can't figure out to put a triangle in a triangle bin, a circle in a circle bin. And he's looking over and seeing all these dumb idiots. And he just knows that when he gets into jail, he's he can lie easily to get out. Right. Like, yeah. That, that's ultimately how he gets out of jail. He goes up to one of the guards and he's like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be getting out of jail. And the guard's <laughs> like, you idiot. Go in the other line. And he walks in the other line and ends up leaving, like just walking out. So I this movie, I, I can appreciate this movie for what it is, um, which is essentially it's a movie about stupidity. So it's hard not to be a stupid movie um, when that's the basis of, of the movie's context. Um, it's just Maya Rudolph's character is in the movie. She winds up link, linking back up with Luke Wilson's character and they, they're both kind of on this mission to get back to um, 2005. But ultimately she doesn't really do anything in the movie. 
She doesn't really, you know, lend any support. She doesn't really help solve any problems. She's just kind of there as the <laughs> female counterpart. Um, Dak Shepard plays a complete moron to a T. Uh, there, there's definitely some good Dak Shepard movies, um, but I can't say that I really like him as an actor. I don't think he's very good, not very robust. He plays very similar characters in almost all of his movies. This one just being a dumber version of that same character that he that he plays in all the movies. And I think just because of how his all his dumb antics, I think this would probably be his perfect role to be <laughs> playing sure. that dumb idiot. And of course, he's got to be his lawyer. Like his name's Frito, by the way. His his name is literally Frito, so it's got to be like <laughs> his parents named him off the the company Fritos. Like. Oh, for sure. You, 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 you'd think for sure. <laughs> so uh, Luke Wilson also ultimately finds out that they're watering the crops with this energy drink. It's electrolytes. And, yeah. <laughs> Everybody likes this. And he convinces them, why don't you use water instead? And their, their response is, you mean from the toilet? And that's where, that's where the water goes. Um, so they convince them to use the water on the crops. Well, because the company, the energy drink company is no longer using their product to water the crops. Their stock mark, their stock takes a dive. The computer auto lays off all the employees because, you know, obviously that's what computers do. And the economy goes into a tank in like 24 hours. And because of this, um, Luke Wilson is then arrested, tried and convicted and sent to, to death. Basically, he's going to be executed publicly they call it rehabilitation. One one night of rehabilitation. <laughs> and, he's, and he's like, that's not that doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> but it's like a monster truck rally where he's going to be executed by this um uh, what the beef supreme, the guy who comes out of the rehabilitation officer, undefeated really rehabilitation officer who's gonna come out of retirement just to execute Luke Wilson. There actually was a whole side um story about him that was cut out of the movie. Uh, where the character is a little more prominent because when he shows up in the movie, at least this version, his, his name holds no weight at all. You don't know who he is, Yeah, but there I, is a, a, an alternate version that has him in the earlier parts in the backstories and stuff like that. Is there, mm-hmm. I gotta see this. I gotta find it then. Cause it's, it's doesn't make the movie any better. I promise you that. Okay. Well, but still, <laughs> but like, it's, <laughs> it's so he comes out of retirement um, and while they're having this big showdown with monster trucks and flamethrowers and, and what everybody wants to see, which is destruction and death and, and explosions, uh, Maya Rudolph sets out to prove that the crops are actually growing with the water. And she does. She manages to get uh, a camera put on one of the plants, or several of the plants, and proves to everybody that Luke Wilson was right and that the crops are actually growing. And this, I mean, ultimately... Brings the movie to a, a quick conclusion. Uh, he gets let free. Um, they decide that they're actually going to stay in the future. Luke Wilson and Maya Rudolph to help and and make the world a better place. Um, ultimately, Frito brings them to the time machine, which winds up just being a carnival ride called the time machine. Um, so there was no n- you know nothing there anyway. Uh, and the movie comes to a conclusion. I mean, it's it's a pretty. <laughs> The the plot of the movie is far less complicated than I think we made it sound. Yeah. Um, 
but it's it's based on stupidity. It's based on you know greedy capitalism meets stupidity and how that relationship evolves over five hundred years. It's uh, I, I was dying at it. I was watching it this morning and I was like cracking up because it's like it shows like like the the Fuddruckers changes their name <laughs> to like, Fuddruckers. <laughs> like like what like. It's 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 showing that, and it, it's gonna be true. It's gotta be true. There's no way that uh, you could see that humans are getting dumber. It, it seems as like people are just getting stupider and stupider. And just yeah. like what you said in the beginning, people are just because people are just literally in like the South or like hillbilly states, like are just literally just popping ones out like left and right because and they just don't care. Yeah, I mean, are, are people getting stupider or is technology advancing to the point where more people are getting heard? I mean, with Twitter and Facebook and all these social media sites, it's no longer the group with the loudest voice gets heard the most. It's now the group who can get the most followers or you know pay the most gets heard the most. And I think that's what's drawing a lot of these otherwise quiet individuals and and quiet causes to be heard more often uh, um but i mean that's ultimately where the following for this movie comes from is, is people see this movie and use it as a joking comparison to america or to the world in general and say you know we are becoming dumber and this movie might be more of a uh non-fiction than fiction type type case exactly. <laughs> which is scary and it's but here's what i think i think it's more the division between the intelligent and the not so intelligent is increasing because I mean, ultimately we do have scientists, we do have technology that's advancing at a rapid pace. Um, but we also have a huge gap between the people developing that and the people that know how to use it. Um, and that's the scary part. I see all that. And it, it just scares me. It really does. Just like I haven't watched the, uh, I want to watch on Netflix. They have that new social dilemma thing. I don't know if you heard about it. There's a huge documentary. It's about. I, I've seen it. I haven't. Media. I don't know what it's about. It's about social media and how, pretty much like. There's so many things on Twitter that like so many people that go on Twitter and say stuff on Twitter that it's news is like it's too slow on that. There's too many things that are being said on Twitter that news is way too slow compared to what's going on, on Twitter. So it's like you're so you're slowly seeing it's pretty much slowly showing that social media is taking over the world. I mean, it already definitely has, but like more of an effect. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think obviously I think there could be an earlier demise than 2050 or 35 where whenever they did this, like I, I think that with the way technology is making everyone lazy. And yeah, making, I mean that's true too. Yeah, is making everything possible to do at home. I can go right now because of COVID. I could literally go and pretty much order anything and have it shipped to my house. Mm -hmm. I could go order food right now. Be that lazy. Next thing that you know, there's gonna be like something that like I go to like some Spy Kids things. I go to this the store, go buy this certain thing, put it in the microwave, and it comes out a four course four course meal. Like it's it's 
technology is getting really good, but at the same time getting really bad. And it's going to overall, I think, just make us more stupider because slowly AI and all that shit will take over because of how advanced it's going to be. Because technology is growing so fast. And we're, it's scary. It's scary fast how fast technology is going. I do have to point out that you said more stupider. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I hear you 100%. Um, Now, now the movie as a whole, I think the movie was pretty decent. Um, The the scenes and the cinematography, I think, was really good. Um, You had a lot of bright colors, even though it was kind of a dirty, dark type uh, future. But I like the fact that the advertisements were still... um, neon and blinking and bright colors and still trying to draw your attention despite the fact that in a lot of cases they had a monopoly on um on this sort of thing uh i also like the idea of this dystopian society um probably largely based on you know the whole hg wells time machine type thought process of you know what if we take this current course that we're on and we magnify it time times a thousand and go into the future and see where that would lead us. I really, I really like that that premise. I think the issue I have is the execution. Um, I, in my opinion, you can pull off stupidity without having it appear lazy, and and that's kind of what I got out of this movie was there's a, there's a sense of laziness when it comes to the execution of the idea, and it just it didn't it didn't hook me. I, I think this movie could be redone or remade now and, and successfully, you know, put forth in a non lazy way that would still make it appear, you know, stupid and, and bring out the idiocracy, if you will, of the future um, and, and hook me a little bit more. I, I didn't feel like there was legitimate stakes with him going to jail or with him being arrested or, you know, stuff like that. He is the smartest person in the future. He finds out the issue with the crops after being on the field for 10 minutes. I mean, there's nothing really at stake here. I get that. I see what you mean. I totally do. But I mean, I think it's just like a, it's just, it's such a good movie for Luke Wilson because that's just what Luke Wilson's career is. It's just this dumb idiot, like kind of just like Dak Shepard. Like he kind of is just like that guy in the movie that does dumb shit and <laughs> and like he's in uh what's it called he's in um which one uh, Dax Shepard Tro- or Luke Wilson uh Luke Wilson he's in Tropic Thunder he's he's in Zombieland 2 like he's not in those movies like for a serious role he's in those movies for like a like a funny little pitch mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh I think that's just him and I think that's just how his, his way of acting and his way of I think this I think this role was perfect for him, but I do see what you're saying. Like everything was so fast. It was like only an hour and 24 minutes. So everything was like that 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 they didn't, it seemed like the company just didn't want to spend money on it, especially what you told me in the beginning where the company didn't even market it that much. They only put it to 120 theaters, you said, I think. And that's yeah. just and I, I just, I think it was a movie that they're just like, uh, fuck it, let's make it. From the far reaches of the galaxy to an internet location near you, 
weirddon'tforgetatowel.com, your daily source for geeky pop culture news, reviews, interviews, and so much more. So as you're hitchhiking your way through the universe, don't forget to travel safe, and don't forget a towel. Do you think the movie would have been successful if they had it really pushed it? That's tough. Uh, I mean, with the following that it got from just going on DVD, I think I definitely think it could have got way more money at box office, and I think box office makes more money than DVD sales. So, uh, yeah, I probably think it would definitely have a bigger effect with, I think, everyone's career. To be honest, like there could like Luke Wilson, you don't really see him that much anymore. Like I feel like his career. I mean, it was in two thousand five. And he does have a lot of movies. Yeah, his, right now. his career definitely takes a nosedive after this. He, he starts doing a lot more uh, direct to DVD type movies. Yeah. Um, I I do have the numbers here. So he the movie comes out on DVD January two thousand seven. So almost a full two years after its release uh, in theaters, which is again usually an anomaly. I mean, nowadays movies come out on DVD far quicker than they used to. Um, but still, two years is quite a delay. Uh, it's earned nine million dollars uh, in on DVD retail, which is almost twenty times its gross domestic box box office, which is huge. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know if the movie would have been more successful. It, let me rephrase that: the movie would have definitely been more successful if they had actually pushed it and marketed it. Would it have been successful? Would it have made you know its budget back? I I don't know. I, I don't know. I think. You might have been able to get a million, um, you know, maybe even two if you had really pushed it or done some creative editing with some trailers or something. Um, but ultimately, I don't think it would have been, you know, a, a box office smash. And this is also pre, this is pre Marvel. This is pre Avengers. You know, this is this is back when studios were were doing two and three million dollar movies, hoping to earn five and six million dollars. Nowadays. Movies get, you know, a hundred million dollar budget. And, you know, if you're not earning close to a billion dollars, you're considered a failure. Yeah. And with I, I think, again, with I think uh, with a movie that was only an hour and 24 minutes, like I, I don't think really you should be expecting the best movie. Like, again, like you said, Maya Rudolph's character, Rita, just the whole movie. What did she do? What, what, what was she doing? She got caught up. I know Luke Wilson's character is the main character. Totally get it. But she was also put into the thing. And there's just no no backstory. You just get the backstory. She was a prostitute. And the whole time she's lying to him that he, she's an artist. And okay. But like what does she do the whole time? Yeah, does she ever even come clean? I don't think she ever tells him that she's actually a prostitute. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I, I think they just have kids at the end, and that's it. She never. She is drawing him as like while he's standing in the Oval Office. I know that, and it looks like garbage, <laughs> which is like totally understandable because like, I mean, you were a prostitute, but <laughs> you're, you're not an office or not a, a artist by any means. Um. <laughs> So the the I'm I'm reading some the writer uh, Adam Johnson warned against using the film as a simplistic shorthand of the Trump administration and accused the film of supporting eugenics, saying while the movie is savvy enough to avoid overt racism, it dives headfirst into gross classism. That's interesting. That's an interesting take on that. Yeah, 
Um, because I mean, when so they do have this this quick montage in the beginning that it shows you, um, you know, these two individuals that are supposed to be this smart couple, and they're going through all these different tests and determining, you know, it's not the right time to have kids yet. We're focused on our career, and it flashes back and forth between them and two, you know, basically hillbillies who are knocking up everybody, their his neighbor included. And it shows their family tree and how he's sprouting out more and more kids. And these intelligent people are, are, aren't are sprouting out any kids. But the other thing that's the difference between these two couples is the ones sprouting out all these kids are poor. I mean, they look poor. They live in a trailer park. Um, they don't have much. Uh, and the couple that is considered intelligent do dress very well. They go to um, in vitro treatments, uh, and they're portrayed as being wealthy. So do you think there is some sort of class difference um, being played out here as well? I think it, I think it portrays I, I, from I know some dirt balls, okay the, and, and rednecks and I, people that definitely shouldn't be having kids, and then they do have kids and and then they seem to have more kids and more kids and and I totally see that because it's 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 very understandable cuz there's and then I think the guy at the end he he the out of that one couple that was trying to have a kid but they're trying to find the right time mm-hmm. they they didn't have it because he like he had a heart attack and he because he was jerking off or something like that like yeah. so they never had a kid and it's so true because, like, I mean, I'm not super, uh, you know, I'm not a redneck or anything like that. I'm not living in tra- a trailer park. But, like, I mean, I'm going to still, like, wait until the perfect time, like, how, like, that couple is. But, like, I know people that are having it left and Like, for some reason, I just, I just don't think I, – I think it's showing – it's good symbolism. Because it shows that there's people like that, and Loki, I don't want to say it is, but there's a good following that is conservative that is in that category where they just they don't <laughs> they don't believe in abortion. And I mean, I get it; you could be religious and totally get it. But um, I didn't even want to bring up politics because I know, but it's at the same time, it's like such a it's honestly such a political movie. It, it really, it really is. is, yeah, and. It's I'm not trying like it's not like we're trying to pick a side, but you could see what side is being on that. So I don't know if you remember, but in the movie they're showing that it's like the it's showing the time is going down, like like it's going through the ages and then like twenty one hundred, like twenty two hundred. There's like a time where they're caring about more about how to keep an erection than how to worry about the brain like that yeah, yeah like they're, absolutely they're like testing a monkey and and i could see that physically happening but uh i mean it has happened we have exactly. you know over a hundred different you know uh, erectile dysfunction pills and yet we still have some major diseases that haven't made any serious progress in you know a couple decades so it, i mean it is happening um but with that being said, Hunter, let's go into our next segment. I have developed five questions that uh, play into most movies. And I'm going to ask you these questions as it pertains to 2006 Idiocracy, starring Luke Wilson and um, Maya Rudolph. 
So question number one, what aspect of the storytelling do you think were, was done right? What aspects do you think were done wrong? And who do you give credit to? Uh, aspect that was uh, done right. Uh, I think, I think obviously the writing wasn't the best. There's, there's no way you can write this movie that good though. Uh, so they, they just portrayed a good sense of what could happen in the future. And obviously like we don't want that to happen, but it's like scary to see with, with how they portray everything and how every, like capitalism is kind of being pushed upon us just like how it is in that movie. <clears throat> so, I mean, again, like we just said, it, this movie is so political. If you really think about it, it has so much uh, like symbols of just straight capitalism. That is all the worry about it. So like you're the aspects you can't really like, they're just writing what, could possibly happen i i don't even know who to give credit to yeah i mean the, the capitalism to me is definitely the bad guy in this movie for sure <laughs> like I, um so question number two what is the biggest unanswered question for you about the movie and do you think it was done intentionally i my my really my big question is just like how do they just forget these two people i get it no one really cared about these people in the beginning like one was a prostitute. One was a guy that was just average, had no friends, had no family. Like, literally, his parents weren't alive or anything like that. But I don't know. I just felt like it was just super, like, uh, I think it's just a parody movie. It's just. That's a good way of putting it, yeah. It, it's, like, scary movie. Like, they'll do, like, one scene and be like, what the fuck? And then it'll be on the next scene. So it's, like, it's just they're going fast there's no there's no dialogue it's just like okay this has happening this is happening this is happening and then it happens and then this is happening this is happening and then it happens or as other movies it'll be like all right this is going to happen okay they're doing other things in between that and then it happens that night and then so yeah i mean i think i think you hit the nail right in the head this is definitely like a parody movie it's one of those movies that you can't really scratch the surface too much because you're gonna you're gonna wind up with more questions than you started with. Exactly. But if you just take it for what it is at face value and just enjoy it and and laugh at the jokes and you know that's it. It's just it's a good movie to watch if you just wanted to laugh. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If if you have that sense of humor, because I know I mean like I'm not I'm not always the type of person that laughs at movies, but it, I I was laughing this morning. I tell you that when I was watching it this morning, I haven't seen it in a while, and I was laughing. So it was that. But nice. Uh, question number <laughs> question number three. Personal connection is important. Was there anything that happened in the movie that reminded you of a real life story that happened to you? Uh, I mean, there's many. There's that. Uh, there's how there's how do people have uh like the hillbillies be having kids really early, and I I, I know some people that are like super. Uh, like I guess you could say hillbilly, and they have kids all the time. So there's that. Um, his job is his job in the beginning. All his job, he's complaining to the guy uh, when he comes in because he gets told he has to go to meet some people to do the project that he's doing. But his job is literally to be in a library that no one works, 
And all he does is just sit there and watch TV the whole time. And then he's like, come on, I'm the only person that knows how to do this. And, like, all he does is sit on his ass and watch TV. And, like, my job at Martell's at some times, my job was just to sit there and watch TV. And it was very boring. And I... But at the same time, you get paid good. So it's like, you're like, okay, well, I mean, like, he's complaining because he's like, I only got, like, four more years until I get my pension. Let me just continue to do that. Like, okay, yeah, I can continue the rest of my life just watching TV. But it's so boring. So, so boring. I've had similar jobs as well where, you know, you would think the job where you don't have a lot of responsibilities and you don't have to do a lot of stuff, you know, a dream job, you know, you you sit around doing nothing. But it really does get boring very, very quickly. And you start kind of really wishing you had some things to do. Yes. 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 Um, okay, so question number four. What is the most important sequence in the movie? I think the 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 biggest part is when he gets caught. I think they're at Costco. He gets caught and by the police and something like that. And then that's when the president gets involved. So then he finally like Finally, is like you find out what the premise of the story is, like what he was doing. Right. Like, like the whole time you're like, he's trying to find a time machine. You have to think in your head, like the whole time you're like, there's no way there's a time machine. If everything is like this dumb, there's no way people are traveling in the past. If people were traveling in the past, like I'm pretty sure we would know if some idiot was from 2535. I mean, like, would we? Would we? <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. But we we might wind up voting him president. <laughs> um, okay. So last question: If you could recast two roles in the film, what would they be, and who would you recast in them? That is a tough question because I, I, I think Justin Long should have been in it longer, not as the doctor that like freaked out. But I mean, I can see that like he was just starting off in his career. Probably that was like his like one of his start off movies. Um, I, I could see him in the Luke Wilson character. I, I could see him being the main character. I could character see in the movie. that too. I could totally see that too. I, I really can. But I was thinking I could see him on the Oval Office table. Uh, where they had like all those kids. They had mm-hmm. that one kid, uh, Brandon Hill, who's like the Secretary of Energy. Like, what, what does that do? Like, um, but uh, different. Ah, this is so tough. Terry Crews plays a great president. He's got like long ass, not even like, like, not normal hair. Like it's long. <laughs> it's, it's like, like straight. Or like, yeah. <laughs> It's weird. So uh, he plays a perfect president. I think that's a perfect spot. But I mean, I do see where the main character and the. I think Maya Rudolph could have been a different person, but I don't really know who. I was like, just back... thinking maybe Jennifer Lawrence. Okay. I can she's see got, that. She's got like a comedic personality. I yes. can see her. I can see that now, but obviously back in 2005. Jennifer Lawrence wasn't a person that was important. Yeah, she would have been like 15 or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So, um, if I was put someone, if we were to do the whole recast right now, 
that would be very tough to figure it out. But Luke Wilson, uh, I don't even know who's like who's an actor right now that is like would do like a like a Luke Wilson type of role. But that's you a, think that's a great question. I, I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. I mean, the the actors nowadays that are playing these types of like comedic. Uh, I guess I guess you know who'd be good. Who's the guy who plays? He's a uh, he's on that show. He used to be on SNL, and oh Pete God. Davidson. No, He'd but be good I at could this, see though. that. I could see that. I could totally see that. I, with him and with his butthole eyes, I <laughs> those get me every time I see him. It pisses me off. I forget his name. Uh, I could see some of the SNL guys just like him. Yeah, Pete yeah, Davidson. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Bill Hader. Yes. I think he could play a, a good Joe Bowers. Yeah, for but... sure. Bill Bill Hader would have that approach of kind of like looking at everybody like they're dumb. <laughs> great. Okay, so I have one more segment for you. Well, actually, that's not true. I have two more segments for you. But the next one I want to do is called Guess That Tomato. Uh, so are you familiar with Rotten Tomatoes? I am. So Rotten Tomatoes has two scores for each movie. One is the critic score and one is the audience score. So what I like to do is have my guests guess what they think the audience score is for the movie that we're talking about. In this case, Idiocracy um, from 2006. So what do you think the audience score is for this movie? Audience score. Uh, I'm going to go with like like an 80. Okay, I'm now going to give you two clues. The first clue I'm going to give you is the critics score. The critics scored this movie a 76, and I can tell you from experience that does not help you at all, because in a lot of cases, the critic score can either be completely opposite of the audience score or exactly the same, and there's really no rhyme or reason. The other clue I'm going to give you, however, is I'm going to give you three movies that are within two points of this movie. So all three of these movies have a very similar score to Idiocracy. Movie number one, Pet Cemetery, the 2019 Kevin Kolish remake. Okay, I saw that. Movie number two, Hotel Transylvania 3. That's a random movie. <laughs> and then movie number three, Bad Moms, the 2016 comedy starring Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell. Did you see that one? I did not. Do you remember the previews? It looked good. I didn't see it either, but it looked uh, good. I do not remember the previews, to be honest. I'm I'm trying to blank even think about it. I, I want to look it's, it up after it's, this. But. Yeah, it's very um like bad teacher where you got all these moms that get together and they're like, you know what? We're going to be crazy and we're going to drink and, you know, be okay, crazy. I think I know. Okay. All right. I think I know what you're talking about. So um, with those hints, I'm going to ask you, do you want to change your score? Uh, I kind of want to change it. I kind of want to put it up a little bit. I kind of want to go like 82. 82 final answer but, uh, sure fuck it so much pressure <laughs> um so sixty four thousand. oh my god all right sixty four thousand people rated this movie and gave it an average score of a 60 percent jesus is 22 off okay yeah 60 percent. not that great uh, but that's such uh... I swear, whenever I tell someone about this movie, they go, it was a good movie. Like, it was, I obviously, it wasn't, it's not like it's uh, a 
fucking any award-winning movie. No way. There's no way there would this movie would win any awards. There's no award that I don't like. And not even an MTV Funniest Movie Award. I don't even think this would win. <laughs> like, but I do think it's a movie that I tell people and they go, oh, it was like, yeah, it's like not. Like it's not like it's fucking pulling your teeth out. Like it's like you're. No, I don't it think it's definitely not that bad. You know, sixty kind of just seems low. I mean, for for the critics, that's not that's pretty high for critics. To be honest, I was thinking it was gonna be lower, seven point six. Yeah, I'm surprised the critics gave it a seventy nine. Um, or like the movie. It, one critic said a, a movie not too bright, not funny, but that guest. But that guess right and predicted the in- inevitable. The apocalypse is now. Jesus. <laughs> pretty pretty direct. I think it was such a good cast and crew, though, like of 2005. Like, they had, like, Terry Crews. They had Dak Shepard. Like, those two were probably... This was probably, like, their start of their prime. Maya Rudolph was starting to get out there. Luke Wilson, definitely prime. You got... Mm-hmm. Who else we got? We got... Uh, I don't even remember seeing Thomas Hayden Church in it. He's supposedly the Bra- the Brando CEO. I don't remember that part in the movie. Watch it this morning. Yeah, but, he's on he's on screen for maybe ten seconds when they do like the Zoom call with him when the stock okay. market's crashing. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like I I think they had a good random crew mm-hmm. to play idiots because that's like really what that's what they're that what they act like that their yeah. their main roles whenever they pick i feel like they just tell their uh management to look for like <laughs> dumb people in their roles you know like so uh one last thing before we sign off here it's a firm believer of the owners that don't forget a towel that everybody geeks out on something while it may not be comic books and movies it might be woodworking and you know drinking energy drinks so i gotta ask you hunter what is it that you are geeking out on right now right now at the moment uh music can i say music absolutely uh yeah i've been uh i've been djing i've been uh i've been trying to produce music and all this stuff recently so i mean i'm geeking out a lot a lot on uh i have this halloween concert i have to throw so i have a lot of stuff that i'm geeking out on for my dj well well Plug it, man. What's your DJ name? What's the concert? Uh, <laughs> how do how do people get in touch with you? If they want I, to book you? I'm I'm cons- I'm I'm on- honestly really thinking about putting a live stream out for it. Um, it's on Halloween night. It's gonna be uh seven to nine o'clock. Um, my name is Retina. Uh, I I originally thought that thought this name back in 2017. Uh, and I got into this uh. I guess you could say EDM scene. I got into things. So I started making my name and I was like, I think I was really drunk one night. I like looked at my name and I just, it was backwards. My name is retina. So, and retina, if you think is is like eyes, like, and stuff like that. So I think that would be like a perfect thing for like a DJ name. So I was like, okay, let me do that. Um, but I've, I just started this summer, so like I'm not like the best, but like I've been practicing a lot, so um, trying to get more into it. Uh, but yeah. Hey, well, practice makes perfect, man. And you guys heard it here first, DJ Retina. When he becomes <laughs> big and famous, 
you heard it here on this yeah, podcast. You heard first. it here first. You're gonna hear. It. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna share this and everything. You're gonna hear it. But, well, thanks, man. Thanks for your time. I really appreciate the recommendation. Overall, uh, I mean, the question we inevitably try to answer is, was the movie good? And on, on my scale, I got to say, this was pretty okay. If you want a movie to throw on, mildly entertaining, that you could probably look at your phone while you watch it, this is, this is it. Uh, I, I think I'm going with your, exactly what you just said, because it's just, it's not something that I'm going to brag about to my friends that's a movie that I literally laughed my ass off all the time, because it's... <laughs> It has points where you literally go, this could really be the future. I don't want to really think about that. So, yeah, good movie, but uh, definitely not not the best of comedies. Well, thanks, man. Thank uh, you good so to much. hear from you, and, uh, and take I care. Know, it's been so long, so I'll, I'll hear from you soon. Let me know whenever it's done. For sure. you hear my cat in the background i'm sorry if you do but no, you're, um, you're fine <laughs>